This is the Double Deuce Podcast. Welcome to Double Deuce. Yes. It's I'm Nelson. And I'm Will. And it's 22 minutes of podcast. We talk about shit. Yeah. Double Deuce. Yep. Whenever you're in Lawrence, Kansas, grab a drink at Frank's North Star Tavern, official bar of the Double Deuce Podcast. Double Deuce. It's us. Boom. 46. Nice. That was so clean and smooth. We, you know, probably because it was the second one. Exactly. We'll see what happens on 47. Yeah. How smooth like, it is. And, and this is this is a week later uh-huh. for episodes, but in, in, in real time, we've just left Matthew Herbert uh-huh. uh, with his... his <laughs> Thoughts and his, uh-huh. his own personal <laughs> angers and prejudices, and that poor guy that he didn't save from the burning building. Scurried off again to fight his ancient enemy fire. <laughs> and he's off to <laughs> listen to Journey songs and fight with his wife. So, good luck to him. Yes. Uh, I, I, Hopefully, that went well for him over the last week. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, if you wanted to uh, send any feedback about how you enjoyed that, don't forget to uh, look us up on Twitter at Double Deuce Pod mm-hmm. uh, or on Facebook. We probably should have said that last time, but we you probably could have. I mean, it's all in the. It's all in the thing. I mean, if they if they if they listen to the podcast, they probably saw like the tag. They probably if they listen to the podcast, they saw the description or you they know, had access to it. What we don't know enough though there. is we need to. It's remind- also at the end of the podcast. True, that's it's, true. It's all over the place. Okay, if you're great. already listening, you probably are completely capable of contacting us. Uh, and you know what? And I shouldn't. I just shouldn't talk anymore. Is that no? You should. Where we're going? Fine. No, it's okay. You can talk. All right. Thanks. Whose tent is that over there, by the way? I keep forgetting. There's been a tent here for the last yeah. three weeks. Uh, probably longer than that, actually. Probably since the Olympics, which was a couple months ago. Oh, I wonder <laughs> if that's the Prussian Pavilion. Huh. Uh, we might For those of you at home, yeah, there's a tent here still. Yeah. We should talk to one of them. We should also get these. Uh, there's also a bunch of flats here. They've for, been here for two years? They've been here for about two years. Then <laughs> yeah. we, need to, we need to get out of here. Some other to, mysterious tables. Yeah. This The poker room at the Eagles Lodge is a wonderland of hoarding. If you ever want to come see somewhere different, mm-hmm. come to the poker room at the lodge. You'll love it. Yeah. Uh, we were gonna we were gonna talk about uh, we were gonna do a little kind of pop culture yes. roundup because we ended up talking a whole bunch about mm-hmm. Matthew Herbert because he wouldn't let us talk about anything. Exactly. Else. We, we we tried desperately to veer into another topic of someone else. And we talked about Rob Schulte ever so briefly. Yeah, and then he. Leaned hard on the reins <laughs> and turned us right back <laughs> in a did. stiff veer back into Matthew Herbert. He's country. like, "No, you don't. You don't get to talk about another podcast, <laughs> Matthew Herbert podcast, because mm-hmm. this is Matthew Herbert podcast now. Like He's a megalomaniac, <laughs> and I hope they talk him. That he could get last time him. someone wasn't talking about me, I almost let him die in a fire. He said <laughs> that's basically what he said. Mm-hmm. He's a tyrant, and uh, I hope I hope they take him down. Yes, yeah." Seems like a nice guy, though. No, really funny, too. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. So, Pop Culture Corner. Yeah! Here's the thing I want to talk about. Let's hear it. All right. Fucking uh, Transformers the movie. Uh-huh. The most baller motherfucking kids movie of all goddamn time. Right. 30 years ago, back in August, we missed the anniversary, unfortunately, but very recently. Like, watched it again recently because I was talking about it with some people. God damn, that thing is fucking intense. There is so much death there, in that movie. The cold open is a genocide. <laughs> in the first three minutes, an entire civilization is wiped out, except for one dude. And, like, people, like, dying screaming. 
and okay, okay. So this is going to be interesting because uh-huh. you've just watched it. I have, and, and I've, I, seen it. I've watched it a lot of times in my life. I haven't I love watched it. it. I watched it once, and I was scarred enough that I never once. went back. Really, you haven't yeah. watched it since back Not in the since day? childhood. Oh man, uh, we had a really sweet drinking game about it. We back when we were making drinking games like uh, 10, 15 years ago. Really, but. uh Oh man! Well, it is. That's the thing. Like, it kind of taught me about death because you're a little older than me. I was seven years old when I went to see that in the theater. See, that would that would have put me. You, you at seven would have put me about uh, twelve. I think. Yeah, yeah. And also, I feel like you know, there's a lot of kids' movies. Like, you see something fucked up happen, and you're like, "That's weird. That's fucked up." But this movie also, not only was it fucked up, but we just spent like two like children's cartoon seasons, which are like fucking forty episodes apiece with these characters. To watch them all, not all, but mostly be horribly murdered <laughs> within <laughs> by the end of Act One, for the most part. <laughs> like I, I just, yeah, I remember. I've so never seen death. a child's movie where so many characters literally die screaming. <laughs> no less than five characters. Well, literally. I- Literally by screaming. The director's <laughs> cut of Pete's Dragon, the original, was pretty blown. Only but... two people die screaming in that movie, <laughs> and you didn't know who the fuck they were. Oh, you just man. met them. I'm like, you know, well, Baby's mom getting shot is sad, but I didn't know that bitch. I knew fucking Prowl and Ironhide, the redneck Transformer, gets fucking straight up Sonny Corleone in a goddamn spaceship. Like... Limply, like, dying and tries to grab Megatron's leg to stop him and gets fucking blasted straight in the face. You feel passionately about this. It's that it is a cold open genocide. Act one is like the war where no one has died up to this point. Most of these people die. It is saving Private Ryan is act one of Transformers the movie. <laughs> well, so where's the redemption? Because isn't there... I mean, well, then, it, the redemption is is as it moves along, you know. Well, then you got Orson Welles. It is the last movie for both Orson Welles, which everyone knows, but you know who else's last movie it was? No. Scatman Crothers. What? His last movie, too. Yeah, he has the, the first black Transformer jazz. It's got the two black Transformers in it, both jazz and blaster. It's got breakdancing in it. It is very 80s. The fucking score is all synthesizer and electric guitar. Nice, nice. Uh, well, I I feel compelled to maybe go back and try to watch it again. Maybe show. You really me. should. Yeah, uh, but I I don't know. I mean, it's it's still it still might hurt too much. I mean, that's a it's lot a little of, horrifying. It's a little Optimus of, Prime dying. Optimus Prime like getting shivved by Megatron and then him shooting him repeatedly where he shivved him to take him down. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I just, it's just one of those how did that get made sort of moments because it's like, well, it was kind of a I, from my understanding it was they were kind of like hey we want to introduce some new toys to this yeah. line and you know generally there's like we'll just add some new toys to the mix but they're kind of like let's knock some of these old ones aside <laughs> while we're doing it so that you know and and then the the people were like let's fucking do it let's fucking reel with this shit so and not just, taking into account at all about how kids are attached uh-huh. to these kids, these characters yeah which apparently because which I also here's a crazy fact too uh, fucking Marvel Comics is one of the producers of the, that movie of like all those the toy movies actually the very first Marvel movie 
is the My Little Pony movie that came out like two months before Transformers the movie, which is technically the second one, and then G.I. Joe the movie, which is a little bit later, which is why Duke doesn't die in G.I. Joe the movie, because after children had to watch Optimus Prime die horribly, they're like, oh, he's in a coma, and at the end he's okay. It's in G.I. Joe the movie. Wow, wow. That's... Which, because back in the day, I don't know if you read them, but Marvel Comics also did both Transformers and G.I. Joe comic books, which were also pretty fucking insane and fucked up. Well, I, I, I get the sense... <laughs> There's that... a lot of, like, weird... Uh, like, Megatron gets, like, amnesia and just thinks he's a gun for a while in the book. Right. And he's, like, just keeps floating around. Like, people keep finding this insane gun and using it, I remember. So I get, I get the sense that we have, at this point, like, we don't have a dedicated crew of, like... Folks who have grown up watching kids TV mm-hmm. and therefore become TV writers in their own right, mm-hmm. with all their influences being previous TV shows. What we have is a bunch of dramatists and Broadway hacks who uh, are incredibly coked up at this point, uh-huh. probably, uh, and 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 just want to and want to make some money off some marketing. So so they're they don't and I get the sense from from all these movies and also like the the Star Wars Christmas special mm-hmm. where it's like they have no idea what the fuck the stories are. They're well, really, I, about. Think, I think though I don't think so. I think they was still the people who've been kind of doing it, but there's this idea because it's a lot of like there are conglomerates that own these products and then kind of what I can understand from like the animation of that time of like the He-Mans and your Transformers and G.I. Joe's and all that there are companies that are toy companies they're like we want to make these toys we want to help sell these toys by creating cartoons for it but then like hiring people who are actually like trying to do a good job of it but like also like having to have certain mandates of like what they right. need to do and what they need to push but like trying to do their best to still make a good product uh, I see I think you're being generous mm-hmm. but uh, I, that's I, my understanding from some of it I, I feel like especially back then because that was kind of the initial push of that and I think from that early 80s period of doing that as a way to like make children's programming it ballooned into becoming very much really trying to crank this shit out <laughs> <laughs> right right well and, and 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 the cartoons were generally like I feel like the Saturday morning cartoons were generally solid and, and yeah and, if not written well they were written to the same level of I mean let's let's be honest still, you, like, go back I, and watch I feel like Transformers the movie and now watching it it's been a while since I watched it I used I watch it here and there it is a breakneck pace. They're accomplishing a lot very quickly. <laughs> right. They're moving from place to pe- place. But it is also constantly fucked up. And people <laughs> dying horribly throughout the entire span. Yeah, which is something you it don't is, see you so much of. You never see <laughs> something like that. Like I said, like Disney, usually it's like you have one parent and the other one died like off screen yeah. <laughs> back in the yeah. day. Uh, even the older ones were like maybe someone died on screen. It was kind of halfway seen. But it was also like one, and once again, that was the first time you met them was that movie, and not, oh man, just that one point still, they got to move that cannon yeah. to try to fight Devastator, and they're just like pulling Wheeljack and Windchargers, like de- destroyed corpses out of the way so they can move the cannon into place. Oh my like god. That, that's their level of like, they died off screen, it's like, here's two like grayed out husks of these guys <laughs> you used to see hanging out on the Saturday mornings and then in the afternoons after school as they just drag their lifeless corpses out of the way to make room to turn the cannon to, to try to defend the city. Yeah. Because everyone is dying left and right. That shit's dark. On both sides, that even. Shit's like, dark. They kill so many people. So, once again, 
before we move on, I'll reiterate the most baller fucking kids movie of all time. <laughs> I feel like we should make an awkward transition here uh-huh. because we keep running out of time for your marketing corner. Yeah, and uh, I feel like there might be a good segue here uh-huh. somewhere uh, since we've been talking about you know like a multi-tiered, multi-layered, synergistic yeah. toy manufacturer movie marketing. Uh, your marketing okay. tip for today. All right, my marketing tip for today. Take something your child loves, shoot it in the back of the head in front of them, then offer them something new to love. <laughs> All right. There you go. There you go. This could work in any Just situation. like every couple years, like, as, as a way to, like, introduce your child to new things and sell them those things. And I think when he says then, your child, he means uh, your everyone, target group. Everyone's yeah. children. Yeah. Just yeah. like, you know, put out, like, every, every just every two years when you're making a product for children, just make sure... <clears throat> to horribly murder that product in front of them and then add and then keep the same kind of product but then give them the new version of the product just every two years but make them watch as you kill them <laughs> so <laughs> so they learn important lessons about death and and change and uh you know the sort seasons of evolution by homicide exactly yeah yeah well i i uh, speaking of evolution by homicide i yes. saw magnificent seven uh, this week and, and how I, was it? You know, I gotta say it was absolutely fine. Uh-huh. You know, there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing that was bad. Yeah, uh, there was nothing kind of good. It was kind of a thing. It was kind of a movie. It was. It was. It was amazing how beige it was. Unless it was just a movie that you watched. And, yeah, and like, like it was, it was like it was like it, it came out of like the, the factory mm-hmm. of let's make the same let's make a remake of the, the, the Well it's also kind of the you know the like copy of a copy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, the original Magnificent Seven was just a copy of Seven Samurai and now this is a copy of that. And, and then at the same time like other things have kind of been that too in between. And I feel like if you're gonna do that that's that's fine. Especially I mean it's a good story. It's a great story. I love the story. I love the old samurai slash gunslinger mm-hmm. who has to get a gang together mm-hmm. to, to save a town. Seems um, like it just I don't know. I'm only seeing the ads. It seems like Denzel Washington's just having a hell of a time. Yeah, he's going, he, and, and 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 that's the other thing is everybody like like it's kind of a thing where it's like, man, this movie's not that great. But goddamn, they got some charismatic actors to come in and sell they it to did, me. They did, and it and makes it a, a, a better movie just by the sheer virtue of these guys' raw charisma. And, and I, think, I feel like I feel like there had to be something in Denzel's Washington's contract where it's like every three scenes it has to be a kind of profile shot of him uh-huh. with some of that music, uh-huh. you know, some of that Red Red Dead Redemption music. Seems uh, like there's a lot of him being kind of jaunty and cowboy, and like Chris yeah. Pratt being kind of goofy. Yeah. Like, Chris, Chris cool. Pratt, I mean, uh, again, I felt like I actually felt for, and, and I and I never thought that I'd say this uh, because I, I usually um, find his work to be really, really long winded and, and irritating. But I, I thought that this would have been a great Quentin Tarantino project because I think Quentin Tarantino you know, would have made you care about his characters, or or even he would at least entertain you enough with them. And then when it came time for it all to come to a head, he would have kind of blown your mind. Yeah. He yeah. does seem, you know, I kind of wondered about that. Like, I don't even know who did it. Uh, is it Anthony it? Fuckwa? Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> but, uh, phonetics, it's phonetics. Uh, yeah. Now he, and who had also done training day and, yeah. uh, the other one. Um, yeah. and, and you know, he, uh, 
again, everything is competent. It's it's not. I mean, it, it suffers from a little bit of getting into a repetitive, like it becomes a, a big shooting gallery. I feel like I read too, like uh, read a little thing where it was kind of too like uh, they lean real heavy on the a few of the main seven and kind of let the other ones just exist as two dimensional characters. A, there's a really the, the the most interesting character in, to my mind. Uh, well, first of all, Vincent D'Onofrio is in a whole different fucking movie, and it's hilarious. But like, he's like playing, he's like Orson Welles in Citizen uh-huh. Kane, and everybody else is in like, that's kind of Dogs. Yeah, that. it's just he's in a, he's in a fucking he's in his own movie, and if you just take it as that, and don't try to put him, he in the is same pretty movie amazing with sometimes. anybody else. <laughs> it's it's wild. Uh-huh. Uh, but the most I think interesting uh, combination is is like Ethan Hawke. And uh, the, uh, the, the it's the Asian character that's a sidekick, and I don't remember the name of yeah. the actor. Um, but, I don't know uh, that either. But he, but they have like a backstory where uh, the Asian guy has, is, is kind of a, they're lovers. They're not. No. They, uh, or is it implied? It's kind of wink, wink. It's kind of wink, wink. Uh, okay. But but interesting, definitely, interesting. Ja- you know, my my wife was like, no, they're not, and I'm like, it felt like there was some subtext. Uh-huh. But basically, he's a he's a he's a maybe a, not, but maybe a couple things that happened here and there uh, along the course of traveling cold, on the road. Yeah, it's getting cold on the uh-huh. prairie. I mean, who yeah. hasn't? They're not in a relationship. But, yeah, yeah. You know. It's complicated. Okay, yeah, yeah. Facebook would say it's complicated. Yeah, okay. Uh, but but they, and they've got like because because like he's a little he's an old Southern sharpshooter mm-hmm. who is supposed to be really good, but he's had a big big shaking confidence thing, mm-hmm. uh, and and he so he uses the kind of uses his Asian friend who mm-hmm. they're the only two who get together to, to to be kind of this to do the amazing things and make money and kind mm-hmm. of be a, they're kind of grifters, uh, and there's a there's a fun relationship and, and why he's helping helping him so. Uh, I, I think uh, it's it's worth seeing. It's okay. fun. Like may, it's maybe not... maybe like uh, maybe you don't need to run out to the theater to see it, but see it at some point, kind mm. of a thing. I mean, I would I would recommend as a kind of a film snob that mm. uh, that and it was a nice chance to open up a dialogue with Jack who mm. hasn't seen the Seven Samurai, but mm. watching the Seven Samurai. But again, goddamn, that's a task. Yeah. You, have, you have to set aside like a night where it's uh-huh. like we're not going to do anything but watch the Seven Samurai because uh-huh. it's like eight hours long. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I would recommend going back to the source material. Yeah, but it's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of one of those where I'm like, I'm interested in that, but I just don't see myself make. I'm at the moment not getting out to a lot of movies, and I was like, this is not going to be the thing that drags me out. I don't. I don't think this it was is not going to be the thing that takes a chunk out of my weekend necessarily to see. I was hoping, I, but I'm like, when it's on cable, I'll watch it. Yeah, sure. I was. I was I'm hoping for to a, check it out. I was hoping for a, a a Wild West romp, and I got exactly that, but mm-hmm. nothing but, more. But kind of surface, kind of. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, that's that was that was really the one I wanted to talk about. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I will say now we're as we were listening to this, it's a week uh, ahead. But as of right now, because it's a week a week ago, I it's the Luke Cage weekend, and I got I'm about halfway through the Luke Cage as as we're recording this. I'm sure by the time you're listening, I will have been well past it, and a lot of people were. I like it. Nice. I like it. It's fun. I, I, I really I, love the fucking goddamn hip hop soundtrack going on <laughs> with it. It's pretty fucking great. Nice. It's nice. one. It's just one like side thing. 
Uh, I finished the second season of Narcos on Netflix, and I'm going to highly recommend that. Uh, I, I keep I meaning to, to Narcos it up, and I haven't. I had became a, a Pablo yet. Escobar not fan, but <laughs> sort of interested when I watched the 72 part Telemundo uh-huh. style Spanish speaking Pablo ever, Escobar del uh, El Dios de Mal. Did that, you ever check out? I don't know if I talked about it on this. I was talking about it on Facebook. ESPN did this podcast called Pin Kings. And it was about these two dudes who were like buddies in high school. They're like co-captains of their high school wrestling team. As time goes by, one of them becomes like one of the biggest drug smugglers in America, specifically in Miami, and the other one becomes a drug enforcement agent uh-huh. and like ends up being like one who bring his buddy in, kind of. But like back at that point, it's like all through the eighties that this is going on. Uh, this guy is basically one of the biggest fucking smugglers, and his story is batshit crazy. <laughs> Like, like working at one point was working for Pablo Escobar, like kind of bounced around because he kept like getting in to like kept getting kidnapped because shit would happen. Like he got kidnapped like three different times. He also came up with this idea to smuggle by like building a submarine. It was just like good at engineering. It's like we can figure it out. Like basically builds a submarine. They're like, I think we got this. <laughs> then they bring in some Russian engineers who have built submarines to like help them. They're like, uh, you're pretty close, but like fixed it up. Built a submarine. Some shit went bad. They built two submarines. <laughs> Working submarines. <laughs> nice. Like, nice. it's fucking nuts. Check out Pin Kings. It's a podcast. I think they maybe did a movie or something, a, like a documentary movie around with it. I don't know. Nice. But yeah. it's a it's a delightful listen. Well, the Narcos, Narcos is fun because it, it, it is, I think, a pretty... Mm. Uh, it's a pretty... It's, it's a little Hollywoodized retelling, but yeah. the actor who plays... Making uh, it flashy, but... The yeah. actor who plays Pablo Escobar is uh, really good, really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and looks just like him. It's, yeah. it's kind of creepy. Um, and, is he wearing, uh, like, the mom jeans and everything? Oh, God, and the fucking sweaters. Like, uh-huh. they, I, whoever did the wardrobe for that should win an Emmy uh-huh. for just finding those fucking sweaters. Because <laughs> Pablo Escobar, man, had no fashion. The richest man mm. in the world. No goddamn It was all coffee sweaters and mom jeans. <laughs> and, seriously. But no one would say shit. Like, he comes in at one point with one of those, like, I hadn't seen it since the 80s, like, polo, long-sleeve, Benetton, <laughs> white and green striped oh, shirts. Man. And I'm like, fuck, where did you find that is amazing. That is the uh, other. I don't, I'm sorry to double back. The Pin Kings, uh, Miami Vice. All of the boats they used in Miami Vice were all drug smuggling boats because they rented them from a marina that was owned by this guy and his buddy. And all of the <laughs> boats that were ever used in Miami Vice had all also been used to smuggle drugs. Like there's a, in the opening. Like, uh, the opening fucking theme to Miami Vice, like the boat racing, uh-huh. a bunch of the dudes driving the boats in that opening theme are drug smugglers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And at one point, they get, oh. like, they get pulled over, like, by <laughs> the Coast Guard and searched, because they kind of recognized them, and had to be like, well, we're just shooting this thing for this show, and they're like, all right... <laughs> I guess we're gonna let you go. <laughs> nice. Well, there. That is our time. We uh-huh. are. We are officially twenty-two Man. in. That went fast again. That was a quick one. That pop culture. Well, one. you know, that's, that's some things to uh, listen to. Uh, any shout-outs today, real quickly, before we uh, call it a. I feel day. like we shouted a lot of things. Yeah. There's this book I just read, but you know, I'll talk about it next time because it's a series of books, and by the next time, I'll probably read the, at least the next one in it. Nice. So that's nice. a little teaser. We're going to book talk. There maybe. you go. It's going to get real exciting around here. <laughs> Woo! It's going to be like fucking C-SPAN or something, but 
you know, like when they do the book thing. Just outro. C-SPAN. Just go. Double deuce. Double deuce. C-SPAN. <laughs> Contact us at doubledeucepod at gmail.com is our email. Twitter at doubledeucepod. We are also on Facebook as Double Deuce Podcast. We're also on iTunes, so please uh, subscribe to us and also leave a review with some stars if you liked it. If not, uh, we've been uh, some other podcast.